Nick. Mr. Zach. You sprayed dicamba? I did. I did. I feel like we talked about it last time. Or the uh, last yeah. Ghost Riders episode. We definitely talked about you spraying something. I didn't know if uh, dicamba was part of that. Uh, to be honest, man, if you, you could just look up a pesticide, I'd probably spray it. <laughs> they had you out there in shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> yep, shorts, flip-flops. Yep. And a bunny uh, hat. <laughs> well, welcome back to Poison for Profit. I'm Zach. I'm Nick. And we're talking about dicamba. And we're talking about the EPA. And we're talking about all the things that we've already talked about, really, uh, relating to glyphosate and the EPA's conduct revolving that product or ingredient, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, only this time, it's even worse or even more blatant. There's an article here from The Guardian. And we we know The Guardian uh, has some, I'd say, conflicting articles or op-eds when it comes to pesticides, especially Roundup, uh, on their, I guess, their stance of if it's dangerous or not. <laughs> Uh, but this is an article from The Guardian talking about the EPA failing to regulate the use of toxic herbicides. And specifically in regards to a court order in 2020 prohibiting the use of dicamba-based pe- uh, pesticides. Nick, what can you tell us about dicamba? Anything before we get started? I do know that it's a selective herbicide, so that means it only uh, targets either, I believe it's broadleaf weeds and pests, and I believe it has a pretty high probability of drift as well, which was always a big concern while spraying it. Yes, and that's mentioned in this article. It can drift over a mile is what it said in this which is crazy, right? Like you'd think uh, you'd be relatively safe from pesticides being sprayed a mile away. Absolutely. And uh, one of the biggest things you try and do while spraying is limit your lift or limit your drift, Uh, which if it's going over a mile, there's like nothing you can do (laughs) to reduce that. That's insane. Yeah. And it's, it also doubles the risk of non-Hodgkin lymphoma and increases uh, rates of liver cancer in people who are highly exposed to it. Uh, It's been shown to destroy crops in neighboring fields, university research farms, um, vegetation in cemeteries, uh, fish and game properties, city parks, state and national wildlife refuges. I mean, it's kind of fucking everything (laughs) up is from what it sounds like. But yeah, I mean, in 2020, a federal court did order um, a prohibition on the use of dicamba-based herbicides. But the EPA, of course, all they did was change the application instructions to uh, be a little bit more stringent uh, on the label, which obviously is not you know, following what the federal court order says. 
Um, and in that court order, it said that it's exceedingly unlikely that the EPA can legally approve dicamba herbicides. Um, so, I mean, if that's not the most uh, damning language I can think of, like it's basically saying Seriously. EPA is not following the law when they approve these herbicides, right? That's what I, that's how I read it, at least. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's saying this herbicide should not be approved. The court is ordering that <laughs> there's no way that this herbicide should be possible uh, or, you know, make it through more than likely the EPA's own regulations. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, you know, the reason that it's still able to be used is because companies like Monsanto have these uh, dicamba resistant crops. Like soybeans are, are the main one and, and cotton possibly. But um, when you have those crops, right, when you got those crops that are tolerant, of course, you need to use whatever they're tolerant to to grow them. At the expense of farmers and people in the community and biodiversity, pollinators, uh, there was a uh, an organic farmer in Iowa, and I found this interesting. Uh, he saw, and Iowa obviously grows a lot of soybeans, and a lot of dicamba is then sprayed on those uh, resistant, dicamba-ready, I guess. I don't know if that's what they really call them, but... <laughs> And as an organic farmer, obviously, he doesn't grow any of those uh, crops that are resistant. Like he grew bell peppers or a big one. But he saw his production go from 14 tons annually in 2016, which is when dicamba was reapproved by the EPA. Uh, and it dropped to seven tons annually in 2018 so in just two years it basically cut his production in half just from drift of his neighbors spraying dicamba that is absolutely insane uh that that much of the herbicide is making it through the air to this guy's farm uh through drift that's that's like persistence right we talk about um i guess one of the big supposed benefits of of um herbicides that are on the market now is people think they're not persistent that they degrade quickly in the environment in the soil mm -hmm. and in the air it's clearly not happening with dicamba which is still on the market right with the un like untrue misconception that these herbicides you know break down in the environment you know they just break down the soil i don't know i feel like i've heard or been told probably through like you know uh monsanto spies that the <laughs> the microbiology like the microorganisms break down the pesticides and things like that um, but however like some of these herbicides are specifically made to persist in the soil so then that way you only have to spray every six months. So this is just not the case. It's they're purposely engineering them. So that way they hang around longer. So it's just you're, I mean, you're asking for it to be in our food <laughs> at that point. Yeah. I mean, and that of course, you know, if it is persistent in the soil, it really messes with the uh, microbes in the soil. Right. And I did see, I didn't, read the article that i saw but it was something about 
now they're trying to genetically engineer soil microbes to be resistant to these rather than just not use them, right? And not destroy the soil, uh, which is what's happening. The soil yeah. is, is just in like in, in areas where they are, you know, using these chemicals heavily. The soil is not healthy. There's no way. Um, right. And, and for the answer to that to be to introduce lab created, you know, genetically tolerant microbes is just wild to me. It's 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 trying to, I guess, control just the entire foundation of how we grow our food. And yeah. that, like like if they can do that and if they can sell that to people, um, the idea of it even, it's like then I I don't know. It feels like came over to me because like what what how else do you even like fight back after that? You know what I mean? It just sounds crazy that that's what we're going to go to. Um, I think this is like the greatest example of trying to technology ourselves out of a problem that we created in the first place when we can just go back to the previous ways that did not have this issue and did not have this problem by limiting our herbicides and pesticides that we're using. Um, instead, we're going to go to that length of, you know, basically making our next COVID virus, if you ask me. <laughs> right. It's like playing God on right. the the most microscopic of scales, I guess. Uh, it's, I mean, this, I feel like there is honestly, the more I read about this stuff, there is kind of a, a pushback mm-hmm. to, to all this happening. And I think um, just seeing things online and online, like it's very hard to relate it to real life and what people think in real life, you know, because people get very much in their their echo chambers and and kind of see things that they want to see online. But yeah, I think there's this increasing like desperation among these the groups that we talk about, um, PR groups there to defend the makers of pesticides and and the gene editors that are introducing all these new new crops and you know possibly you know soil microbes that they they're getting they're kind of running out of (laughs) of defenses for the the things that are happening and they're kind of grasping at straws here which is it's funny to look online and it kind of feels good that maybe you know they're losing that battle uh but it's it's frightening to see those things even be proposed yeah absolutely um i just uh, i just really hope that we can i don't know get our senses and our wits about us and get back to some regenerative agriculture well that was a great uh article on dicambazac uh dare we say next glyphosate i think okay and then this is me like (laughs) i guess this is my last point but like um yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to be like a conspiracy because this is a, this would be based on no evidence. But it almost seems like this is a sacrificial lamb to glyphosate, if that makes sense. Because dicamba, oh. it's obviously uh, more persistent than glyphosate. It's obviously, you know, got 
more obvious harms or, or more pronounced harms. So yeah. if they can just be like, they can get rid of this and be like, oh, we got rid of this. Look at how honest we are. That might throw people off the Roundup glyphosate scent. So that's like, that was just, you know, one kind of timeline <laughs> my mind popped <laughs> to. And I don't want to like say like, that's what's happening, you know. Right. But, um, but it was an, it's, it's definitely interesting that Dicamba, I don't know how long it's been on the market, right? But, but that there's an article like this being written in The Guardian, which we know has um, said some contradictory things about Roundup and glyphosate. So, quick point for your question Dicamba's been in, was first registered in 1967. 67? That's yep. probably around when glyphosate was, I believe. Yep. And, I was just going to say, I could definitely see the scapegoat mentality, uh, especially dicamba. There's a ton of options. Like there's a bunch of broadleaf selective herbicides out there. Uh, dicamba just being one of them. So whereas glyphosate has, it really is kind of almost special in its own way. Like there's not a lot that to do as I don't want to say as good as glyphosate because we know all the terrible things it also does. As effective, yeah. As effective as glyphosate is. Um, so I could definitely see them being like willing to <laughs> throw dicamba out there. Um, and another thing, I, I did a quick Google search to try and jog my memory on what I did back in the day. But a lot of dicamba is also sold pre-mixed with 2,4-D. So which is we know is half of what is it? Gosh, agent is it orange gas or agent orange. Agent it's orange. agent orange. Yeah. Right. So I think, you know, they're kind of maybe like Zach was saying is going conspiracy route here, but uh, that could be the scapegoat that they're going for. It's kind of a risky though. I feel like that would uh, make it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be more on my toes, I guess. You know what I mean? If like, if it was, out this long and i knew the epa had uh basically went against court orders to keep it on the market um yeah i i i I find it hard to believe that people would kind of buy into that like oh they're finally doing it right now we can trust them it only i just feel like this i mean the fact that they're saying it contributes to non-hodgkin's lymphoma that makes me think it mostly because I feel like that is the part that has kind of put the the pin in glyphosate, put the nail into them. Um, and if they're saying it's contributing as well, uh, that, that really, I guess, gets my gears turning. Yeah, thank you for this article, Zach. Maybe we'll throw a poll up on our Twitter. Do you guys think dicamba is the new glyphosate? Oh, yes or no? I don't know. I don't know if you can even do that on Twitter because I am basically inactive <laughs> uh but we you are can. not on twitter we are not on twitter or we are we on are on we know we are on twitter i don't know what's happening i think the dicamba is <laughs> acting up in my brain oh no it's starting to activate <laughs> it's taking over uh, we are on twitter though all of our socials in the show notes follow us for all our updates polls now that i know we can do that and anything else from you zach Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time.
Talk to you next time.